Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for March 25th, 2019. That is correct. Uh, this is the time of week that we get together to talk about CircuitPython, talk about uh, what our community is doing, talk about what we're doing. Um, this meeting is held every Monday, typically, um, unless there is a holiday, in case it's moon. Um, but it's held most Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. If we ever do move it, please check the CircuitPython channel on the Adafruit Discord uh, for information about when the meeting is scheduled. Um, this meeting is held on the Adafruit Discord. Uh, if you're listening to it later, uh, you can go to adafru.it slash discord and join us on the server. Um, the, we hold the meeting in the uh, CircuitPython audio chat, which is recorded. Uh, we post the video of the chat to YouTube, and then also the audio is then posted to uh, podcast services um, as we to get. If uh, you have a particular podcast service that you use and not available, please let us know so that we can uh, remedy that and make sure that it's available to um, as many places as possible. Um, CircuitPython is a uh, version of Python that runs on microcontrollers. Um, uh, I am sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython full-time along with uh, a couple other people in this chat. And um, we, uh, what we do. Um, so this meeting is uh, in five sections. Um, the first section is news, where we'll talk about uh, various things uh, involving CircuitPython um, in the community. Uh, the second part, we will talk about the state of CircuitPython in the libraries, where we get a general overview of what is going on with CircuitPython um, in terms of a statistical view, and what's going on with the libraries with the same, uh, the same view. After that is Hug Reports, which is an opportunity for uh, people to call out other people for doing great things. Um, and after that is status updates, which is an opportunity for everyone to talk about what they will be, um, what they have done over the past week since the last meeting and what they will be doing over the following week until the next meeting. Um, finally, we have in the weeds, which is where we have more long form discussions, um, things that are a little too much for status updates, uh, but things you still wanna cover. So um, if you have anything that falls into that category, let us know and we can weeds. Um, with that, uh, I am going to hand it over to Phil for... Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, all right, lots of stuff going on. Um, this week, if you look on our blog and then also the newsletter that's shipping out tomorrow, CircuitPython's in the news. Make Magazine calls, Py calls Python um, the number one tech trend. So that is big news and a big deal. Make has their annual board guide and there's lots of Python running hardware and they're saying that Python on hardware is number one tech trend. Um, also, uh, Scott, as well as Adafruit, was mentioned in, in an article. Um, it was an article specifically devoted to um, squeezing Python onto microcontrollers and it's an IEEE Spectrum magazine, which is a good magazine. We have links to that. Um, Disrupt Yourself podcast had an entire uh, podcast devoted to PyPortal. They got one, they reviewed it. And then um, 
Sophie, who's in our community, was on the Cool Tools podcast and talked about Circuit Playground and Circuit Python. Um, if anyone happens to be um, in any of these types of uh, podcasts or events or see something with Python and hardware in the news, let us know. We'll add it to the newsletter and on our blog. Next week, Wednesday, April 3rd at 3 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to be doing a hack chat on Python and Internet of Things. Stop by hackaday.io. We'll have some blog posts and more. I think they're getting ready to do a poster and a post about it shortly. Um, some news in our world, um, if any of y'all were ever in 4-H as a kid, or if you know about this organization, it's about 6 million kids in the US, it's, um, mostly known for agriculture, but they, of course, do computer science and astronomy and all sorts of things like that. Um, we applied for a USDA permission to use the 4-H trademark so the kids could get Circuit Playground Express is running Circuit Python, and after a year, it was approved. So you can see a new board in the um, Circuit Python-powered family. It's green, has a 4H logo, and yeah, it's cool. And then, um, speaking of, in CircuitPython.org/downloads, you can see all of our boards. Um, right now, I'm putting in new photos and text. Um, I can use some help with that, along with everybody else. Um, I get to those when I can. But if you want to update some of the text, or if you see a photo that's missing, um, there's times where we have to just put in a new board and a new photo. There's instructions on each of the pages on how to do that, or you can hop in the Discord and um, we can help you out with that. But I think there's another board being added, the the U-chip from Kickstarter. I think Dan just did that PR. And then last up, um, this is one I mentioned last week. Uh, Ian did a talk at the um, Free Open Source Asia conference, I think that's the name of it, in Singapore. And we posted up the video and some photos that uh, he, he sent along. And with that is community news. As always, if there's anything for the newsletter, um, let us know. We add links. Um, we could always uh, use some help with that. And back to you, Katni. Thank you very much. Great. Great stuff we have going Yay. on. Yay. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. Next up is State of CircuitPython and the libraries. Um, here we're going to talk about uh, more of a statistical view on what's been going on with CircuitPython and what's going on with the libraries. We'll start uh, overall and then talk about the core, and then we will talk about uh, the libraries separately. So first of all, let's talk about overall. Uh, we had 15 pull requests merged across the whole project with nine authors. Uh, there are a couple new names in there that I would like to highlight. Um, Applio is one, and Mike Renfro is another one, a name that I haven't seen before, so that's excellent. We always love to see uh, new contributors. That's great. Um, we had seven reviewers, which is fantastic. Thank you to everyone who's ours as well. Um, we had 13 issues uh, closed by eight people and 18 opened by nine people. So we are net up, but that is to be expected as we are currently uh, finding bugs in uh, 4.0 and trying to wash them so we can get to release candidate, uh, which leads me to the general overall um, statement, which is to say that we are working steadily towards 4.0 release candidate. Uh, so thank you to everyone who has been testing and finding bugs. The best thing that you can do to help right now is to use CircuitPython beta 5 um, or whatever we put out as the latest beta. Uh, the more it gets used, the more bugs that we find and the more that we can squash. Also, there are plenty of projects posted to Adafruit's Learn system that utilize many of the new libraries uh, that work with Display.io, which is a new 
feature added to Python in um, 4.0. And if you have the hardware, run these projects to test these new libraries as well, because we're working very hard to get them all as solid as possible. With that, we will move forward. Um, so with the core, we had um, we had one pull request merged. Uh, we have 12 open pull requests currently. There were three issues closed by two people and eight opened by five people, uh, which, like I said, is to be expected because we are currently um, through the beta phase into release candidates. Uh, for 4.0, we currently have 18 open issues, um, which I believe some of those are translation. Um, However, the rest of them do need to be gotten through before we can get to release candidate. Um, all the issues on that milestone, uh, that is what um, geared towards. We still have five issues not assigned to a milestone, which is something that we're trying to avoid. So uh, if we get the opportunity, definitely look and see what those issues are and make sure that they get um, associated with something so we can use them. Um, over the last week for downloads, for 3.1.2, which is current stable, we had 9,367 downloads. Um, as always, stable is downloaded uh, significantly more than uh, beta. But for a beta, we had 335 downloads. Um, a majority of those downloads were for PyPortal, it looks like, um, which also makes sense. It's a new product, and we are um, we're working hard to get everything stable to uh, and, and a lot of the new libraries are designed to work with PyPortal, so uh, it makes sense that that was the highest download. Um, download stats by language. Only 4.0 has languages. Um, I was still only in English. Um, but looks like the highest download behind English was Pirate. So that is uh, at with language download. And with that, um, I will move to the libraries. So we had 14 pull requests merged and included in the authors are Aplio and Mike Renfro, uh, which is excellent. Uh, thank you so much for your contributions. We have seven reviewers. Uh, thank you to everybody who's been reviewing ours. Without um, reviewing, uh, we don't actually get to a point. Um, so it's as important as the PR. Someone review it. We have 27 open pull requests, which is pretty significant. Uh, but I know that we are currently working uh, to get a lot of things ready for 4.0 candidate and 4.0 stable. So there's a lot of work going in libraries. And as well, um, had uh, Summersoft uh, went through a lot of the um, issues on uh, that, that Adabot puts out and fixed up a bunch of PRs, so that's also why we have a bunch in there. So there's quite a few in there that can um, and merged pretty quickly. Uh, but other than that, um, if you are interested in contributing, reviewing is a great place to start. Just take a look at any of those and see if there's anything with. Um, with issues, we had 10 issues closed by six people and 10 opened by six people. So we are at exactly where we were. Um, for a list of all the issues, you can check the notes, um, as well as the CircuitPython library tracking issue on the CircuitPython repo, where um, it expands all of the uh, library-specific issues as well to um, to show you where where everything is actually 
needing any kind of fixes. Um, once again, uh, if you're interested in contributing, Libraries is a great place to start. Um, we have a lot of good first issues available, and um, that uh, is what we have for Libraries. So next up, it's Hug Reports. Hug Reports is a chance to call people out for great things. Um, too often this doesn't happen, and we are aiming to change that. So what we do is have this section of the meeting in a round robin, where I will start as an example, and then I will go alphabetically down the list, and then loop back to the top, and come back down to myself again. Um, just take a couple minutes to uh, just explain your hug report, and it's basically, how, you know, if, if there's something that you want to call somebody out for, uh, feel free to do so. We'll get started as an example, and on. Typing is becoming timestamp. All right, so first of all, I want to give a hug report to Maker Melissa for continuing to rock the library work and for her first guide. To Summersoft for digging into library PRs and libraries with commits since last release. Uh, and to Dan for continuing squash bugs and for updating the frozen libs um, on uh, circuit. That, uh, I will go. Hello. Sorry. Hi. Is that, can you hear me now? I yeah, I'm the microphone. Microphone. Um, hug report uh, to you, Katni, for running this uh, uh, weekly meeting. I know it's it's fun and exciting and challenging. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Maker Melissa for uh, taking on the TFT Display IO um, ports for all the different little displays. It's going to be really exciting. Um, I think people are have been chomping on the bit for getting all the OLEDs and TFTs working with Display I.O., not just the all-in-one boards. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, anyone who's helped me lately with uh, testing all the exciting pull requests, I know Jason P., uh, who I don't think is here, but um, was around and was, was testing out stuff and doing issues, um, as well as Jerry and, um, <clears throat> I think called Jerry and, I can't remember who else it was. So anonymous hug report to the other person who was helping. Uh, maybe Maker Melissa. No, but it was somebody. There was somebody else again. Their name was in my head. It's okay. Um, it'll come to me in like exactly 35 seconds. Um, so yeah, and anyone who anyone who's doing a Pi Portal projects, uh, group hug report to them because I think this is uh, super cool. Oh yeah, it was our dagger. Thanks, Dan, for reminding me. Um, it, it's been super cool to see all the projects people have come up with, and um, a lot of people in the community who are not even here have been just like posting up images and Instagrams and, and tweets and, and posts of like, hey, here's a here's a old project that I ported to Pi Portal, and I'm like, that's really neat um, to see them taking old chumby projects or old uh, web projects and making them CircuitPythonified, and it's been very gratifying, which is good because all that Wi-Fi work was really hard, so I'm glad people are using it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Lady Ada. Uh, next up is Maker Melissa, who is text only. So I will read off from the notes. Katni, for all the hard work she's doing preparing for PyCon. Our dagger for investigating the displays and digging down into the root cause. Group hug to everyone who's helping with certain. Um, next, I'm going to read um, SCWNJ, who a group hug. Um, 
then there are some people who are not here, but they have uh, notes in the doc, and so I will be reading those off. First is Sedacious. The hug report to Dan H. for tips on finding a cheap PC and fast-tracking the setup. And then we have Summersoft, who says a hug report to Dan H., Maker Melissa, Jerry N., Laura Haber, KJW, and anyone else I'm missing for all the bug hunting the last couple weeks. Hug beyond that. That brings us to Brent. Hello, um, hug report to Lady Ada for hacking on a Dymo scale, uh, playing with the USB protocol uh, through Pulseo. Uh, Maker Melissa for all her work on the displays. It's really neat to see the displays working, not on all the boards that we sell that have displays, but on multiple boards. It'll make for some really good projects down the road. Um, mm -hmm. And a group hug to all. All right, thank you. Up is Dan. No, I'm sorry. Um, next up is Charles was like, okay, so next up is Carter. Yeah. Not lurking. I'm not lurking. Anyway, All right. You can hear me. Yes. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I got a couple hugs this week. Uh, a big one to Scott. He spent a little over an hour live chatting with me talking about display IO stuff at a real kind of like internals and conceptual way. It was really kind of fun. I'll talk a little bit more about that possibly in uh, status. And a couple to Dan, he's chimed in on some forums and uh, been helping out there. One, he just came out of nowhere where someone was having a Pi portal issue. And he says, give us more info. We want to track it down. And there was one this weekend about some frozen stuff and CPX that he fixed up for us. So thanks for that. That's all I got. And group hug, of course. Ah, All right. Thank you. Okay, now I think. Okay, hello everyone. Uh, first, I'd like to thank Jerry for submitting multiple bugs with really great uh, instructions for how to reproduce. And I already have three kind of bugs in process that we're debugging based on that. Um, and then thanks to Maker Melissa again for working on all this display stuff so that we can support zillions of displays really great that and it's working out really well uh thanks to deshipu for starting on a polish translation and he's also uh finding some um nits with the translation process which is really good for us to fix and then to uh jason p and r dagger for the display work that's been going on that's also really helpful okay all right dan uh next up is Thanks to Maker Melissa for working on the displays and uh, really clearing up those uh, initialization sequences that had a lot of cargo cult copy pasted uh, stuff in them. And now they are nice and minimal. So thanks for that. Next up is Barry. Yeah, thanks to Dan for uh, taking on and digging into all these. Uh, the file system stability issues and the, and the USB issues that have been popping up and uh, really, really going after them. Um, and uh, just a group hug to everybody. It's really uh, fun to see everything going on. Thanks, Jerry. And that is Hug Reports. Next up is Status Updates. Uh, status Updates is a chance for everyone to sort of talk about what they've done over the past week um, and what they will be doing next week. Uh, 
It's also done in a round robin where I will start and we will do the same thing alphabetically. So feel free to take a couple of minutes to talk about anything you've been doing, projects that you've done, code you're working on. Uh, this is also an opportunity for others to give tips and tricks, um, kind of uh, quick help, um, and anything that uh, is suited to a long discussion uh, we can to in the week. So with that, I will get started. Last week, I finished the TPA 2016 library. I fixed the I2C issue with MotorKit and ServoKit, uh, where you couldn't use another I2C device um, with, uh, with MotorKit. Um, and then we promptly found a new bug in Blinka that didn't work with board.I2C. Uh, just that. So we got that smoothed out. Um, cleaned up the code for the PyPortal NeoPic color picker and started the guide for the same project. So created the library's milestone on the CircuitPython GitHub repo um, so that we can better track uh, library-specific stuff, um, such as driver requests or uh, co-creation requests and that sort of thing. Um, that way, we have some for that. Uh, since the CircuitPython repo makes the most sense for where to keep that stuff, um, better way for it to be easily visible to those but so this week today is library monday um i'm going to be updating uh some library stuff um there's a series of repos that need api keys added to them uh in travis for travis to uh complete the releases um those up um i need to update the cpx cricket guide uh we have a new uf2 for that and um or rather, we have a new release for that, and so I need to update the latest. Um, this week, I'm going to finish the guide for the PyPortal NeoPixel color picker and then start the guide for the Memel 770. Um, possibly start the guide for the 88495, and then uh, eventually on my list is to design a dual um, I2C potentiometer breakout. Um, but the guides are first. Uh, that is what I have for. My status update. Hi. Oh, Hi. the microphone's so exciting. Um, uh, so my update is um, helping Katni with all the things that she just listed uh, as necessary. Uh, you've been rocking out. Um, I did some more work on button and shapes over the weekend, and we got like a basic, what we're calling Piper card. Um, demo going, so it's kind of like hypercardy. It's like you can define cards and buttons and text and audio with a JSON file, which then um, can run on a Pi Portal or something with a display, and you can sort of make like basic interactive um, applications. It's somewhat uh, uh, reminiscent of hypercard, but obviously not going to be as, as complicated as that. Um, and I'm also thinking about how to deal with um, sites that have very large JSON files. I'm going to see, I think we can uh, stream uh, the JSON parsing data out. So I'm going to maybe hack on that um, this week. And um, that's kind of all I'm doing, just kind of keeping everything else running and, and designing some hardware and, and getting people spun up. Great. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, Next up is Maker Melissa, who is text only, so I will be reading off.
All right. Last week, got my learn guide published, first learn guide published. Wrote an example for the ILA 9341 display I.O. driver and fixed the repo so it passes Travis. Added additional displays to the ST7735 display I.O. driver, such as the T and the 160 by 120 displays, and fixed that repo so it passes Travis. Added code example to the Seesaw library to work with the joystick Featherwing. Wrote the ST7789 display driver. Wrote my first circuit Python PR to allow the ST7789 driver to work. Still waiting on code review. Wrote an SSD1351 display driver, but it's still being finicky. Uh, code reviews and testing the button and, sh button and shapes libraries. Uh, worked on PyPortal calculator a little more, mostly updating. This week, uh, try to get the SSD1351 display driver functioning. Write the HX8357 display driver. Update either Cricut or Seesaw or both to default I squared C to board.I squared C, depending on what uh, Katni finds out. Finish the PyPortal calculator. Um, start writing a new learn guide. And look into adding pocket beagle bone support to CircuitPython. Great, excellent. Next up is SDWNJ, who. So two weeks ago, the goal was to get SIGROC meter running. Dora Linux does not provide Python bindings libsi grok that SIGROC meter set out to modify the spec file, the file that drives the RP package creation to create a Python bindings and ultimately create a new sub package. I was eventually able to configure it to create Python 3 bindings and create a new libsi grok Python package and added plus py to the version initiated from the original packages. I'll look into how I can make that available to others. The Grok meter is now running, so a future goal is to grok how it works. Last week, bought a cheap logic analyzer, clone of an old saline mine, and accessories that including serial breakout. Set out to learn about Sigrock's Pulse View software to be able to analyze communication between time and computer. I uh, will continue to attempt to gain more understanding of Pulse View as well as the protocol my DM. And in the future, logic analyze all the things. I have notes for Sedacious here that I will read off. Last week, LPS35HWVORD. This week, lab reorg and LPS5HW driver. Next up, I have notes for Summersoft as well, which I will read off. Last week, NRFPDM in got through the buffer management, but I'm getting unexpected results. Trying to narrow down if it's a, my misunderstanding of built-in decimation PCM formatting or a problem with my buffer management solution. The one example I found uses the PDM perif, but is not designed for dynamic buffering, really scattered, so it's hard to ascertain. Did a few library releases and a few PRs to facilitate new releasing touches for PyPI. Discussed adding an easy updated libraries list to Adabot. Current method is manual, using notes and messages from this week, uh, keep pushing on PDM in and Adabot easy updated list. Uh, that thus around Brent. Hello. Um, the past week, I published a few guides. Um, Circuit Python wise, I published a Pi Portal thermometer. Put your hand in front of it, and it'll show the reading from the 
ADT 7410 on the back of the Pi portal, and I published an EL display with Zapier. I saw Jerry was using that a little bit last week. Um, and I started a few new projects. Uh, this week I'm playing with a Pi portal IoT scale project. Um, Lady hacked apart an uh, inexpensive Dymo scale, um, pretty inexpensive on Amazon, and built out a library for it. And so I'm building out the library further and adding in some circuit Python Adafruit IO code. It's going to be an interesting guide on hacking existing hardware, similar to what SDW is doing with the digital multimeter, but communicating with CircuitPython. Um, and I also started uh, hacking on an another API that's not Adafruit IO. It's the Lifix Lightbulb Smart Lightbulb API. It's a Wi-Fi controlled LED lightbulb, and um, their API is really neat and similar to Adafruit IO. And I'm going to do a project where you can touch different buttons and it will change the colors of the bulbs. Um, that's what I'm working on. All right. Thanks, Brent. Up. Carter. Yeah, a couple things. I did some work for the DRV2605, which is a specialized motor driver that drives a little haptic. Um, it wasn't running through all of the possible examples. It has like these built-in waveforms that you can play back on the motor to make it vibrate in various ways. These are kind of like what's in your smartphone for doing a little haptic feedback. And that was pretty easy, but um, I also realized in the process the learn guide had never been updated to use kind of the new style of the API that we had incorporated for that. So I kind of did all of that in one go and also came across possible other issue where it's not using all, all eight of the possible slots it has for storing waveforms. It looks like it's only using and mentioning seven for some reason. So I opened a new issue on that and we'll see where that goes. Um, what else I do? I, oh yeah, the display IO stuff that Scott talked to me for about an hour on. I've been playing around with that and this is kind of low level-ish. And after talking to him, I made some examples and kind of have been creating some like um, artifacts or whatever you want to call them. I'll drop one here in the chat. You can kind of see how I'm going in and trying to understand all of the various parts of the Display.io API. And maybe this will turn into a guide. And I got to the point where I was, the next step after this, I was going into Tile Grid and trying to come up with some examples and explanation of how Tile Grid relies on bitmap and palettes. And I ran into some issues there that I actually created some open issues. And that's kind of all the progress I made on that. I think one of the issues got fixed. I think thanks to uh, Radomir for that. So I'll go back and start um, continuing work on this. And then let's see what else I got here. Oh, I've been doing some stuff with the um, the ABS 1x15 ABC. I've got a, there's a little simple PR that's been lingering for weeks now. It's like a one one liner PR that hopefully someday someone will code review that and merge it. But there's um there's a few other things um, related to the using fast rates on that. And I just I never got I want I've been wanting to get back and um, bash on that a little and just didn't find time to get to that. So that's still on my plate to do. And I think there was one other thing related to the uh, ADS one X fifteen that I have notes on, but Go look in the go look in the repo and look at the issues for that. And that's I think that's all I got for now. Thanks. All right, thanks, Carter.
okay so a lot of what i've been doing is debugging up to up to now and i'm still in the middle i, I found the source root cause for some things and i found the symptoms for some other things um there's some usb issues about disconnecting usb and having things hang when that happens um, there's something about display AO the group which is flaky and there's yet another flaky thing which in which the slideshow runs and then suddenly gets what should be a string is an integer and we very strange so <clears throat> we're still working on that and when scott comes back i'll discuss some of these with him um in terms of prs i reviewed a bunch of other people's prs and they're in and i updated the frozen libraries which is simple i probably have to do that again because i see that there's some new stuff there's a new C version of seesaw in the in the bundle just now so i may want to do that again so it's still just a lot of uh, bug hunting and fixing for 40 but thanks everybody still for helping out with that and giving me bug reports, which is what we need. Okay. Stan, next up is Tishy. Okay, so a bunch of things. Uh, I made a new two new shields for the D1 Mini ESP266 based uh, board. That's a, a GPIO expander and an accelerometer shield and uh, yeah, that's not related to circuit python directly but it's micro python possibly uh, i have finished the prototype for my secrets uh, conference project that i can talk about and uh, let me Yeah, I started working on Polish translations. I have about 25% of those done so far. And uh, next, uh, I, I made a snake game for the Halloween M0 Express. Nice. So you can play a simple snake game by touching. Uh, I, I used as input the touch for, for the thief uh, on, the, on the board. I also tried to make a very nice Tetris uh, Thing with which you know smooth smooth animations uh, using the new display IO uh, things that we have available but uh, turns out that the display speed uh, the refresh rate of the display is really not uh, good enough to be able to play that game at any reasonable speed so so that is going to need to wait for for uh, after uh, 4.0 when when the this gets optimized a little better and yeah i have a, a bunch of notes about uh, display about things i'm missing in there i wonder if i should just create issues with those or or have them for in the weeks discussion or some other way we will see about that okay. that's it all right thanks go ahead and jump back to uh eight Bill. Hi, Katni. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Bill? Sorry, I, I needed to unmute there. So I wasn't planning on uh, piping in, but I do have a couple things going on. Um, I've got, uh, we had some real success with the Xbox uh, adaptive controller and, and Circuit Playground. And that's kind of coming back around where the next generation of people are asking, hey, I want to make this too. And so I'm, I'm trying to, I was trying to get Microsoft to fix the issues that they had, but it's not going to happen in time. 
uh, for a lot of these folks. So I talked to Dan yesterday about um, what's the best way to make a version of, of CircuitPython that will work with the XAC. Um, and I think we're going to have to either have some build flags or make a fork or do something for slightly longer term, probably a couple months until they finally do come up with a uh, firmware patch for that. Um, so I opened an issue because he asked me to yesterday, even though it's not really a bug in Circuit Python at all. Right. Um, and uh, so that's out there. I'd love any suggestions on that. And then I'm also working on a Pi Portal program, Pi Portal project uh, that I want to show off on on Wednesday. That actually will be a speech generating device based on open board format. And it was really close last week, and I just didn't make it. Uh, partly because the, I guess the button code um, is is moving, and I hadn't kept in sync well enough. And when I took the new libraries, it all blew up. Uh, so I need to fix that and get that um, working again. Um, and uh, but it's going to be very cool. So I'm very excited about it. Nice. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Next, we have Barry. Um, yeah, so not a lot this week or next week because I've been doing a bunch of traveling, uh, but um, so I've been trying to keep keep my hand in things. Um, did get some time to test and and find some issues with the file systems and USB on the Pi Portal and uh, and I think uh, yeah some on the uh, on other just other you know other things in general. So got those reports in advance, working through them, and then um, I've been working on a, on an RFM sixty nine uh, project that. Uh, um and and discovering some issues with that 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 um hadn't turned up before so i don't know it's gonna take me probably till next week to really really dive into them much but i'm getting some timeout errors uh, on transmit which is a very strange place to see errors, see timeouts but um i'll see and also it appears to be occasionally hanging up trying to do spi reads so i don't know if something underlying has changed or you know what what's going on there but i'll, I'll dig into it and, and keep posted make some issues if I, if I need to, or fix them. All right. Yeah. Excellent, thank you. That is status updates. So next up we have in the week, uh, which is where we can have any long form discussions. Um, there are a couple things that were mentioned that uh, are interested in discussing um, in the weeds. If you have an in the weeds topic, please post it to the Python chat uh, while we're discussing other things so that we're not uh, around for people to let us know um, what in the week stuff uh, they want to talk about. Um, so uh, it looks like first up we have Carter um, who has two things we'd like to uh, take away. Sure the first one I'm pretty sure Dan can answer right away and I'm just kind of curious what was the mechanism there that needed to be done in terms of fixing uh, everything so that the frozen version of motor got rebuilt into the CPX with cricket build, the UF2. But what what I need what I did? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. Cause I, I saw I saw that forum thread and I quickly went to the repo and I saw like, oh yeah, it's pointing to an older commit. So I'm not really and that's kind of as far as my understanding went. So I couldn't help any further. Uh, right, so um, Lamore asked me to make a new build, so I pulled, I pulled the library versions all to all to the latest, and just made a build for them to test, and then 
when they said it was okay that I check IPR that. So, so will the auto builds uh, have have the updated motor in them now? Uh, as of yeah, as of this morning, yes. Okay. So you can you can point them to the latest S3 build so that all the PRs get an S3 build. So because in the repo, um, there's a right off the bat, there's like a frozen folder, and it basically looks like it's just a whole bunch of sub modules. That's right. And so I pulled those forward to the latest um, released versions. And that did require a PR to. Yes, yes, you have to do uh, that. Right. Because they, they're at a particular commit and you have to advance the commit forward. So there's yeah. no automatic mechanism that pushes those forward. <clears throat> no. And sometimes we don't want to pull them forward necessarily. So. Um, okay, excellent. That's kind of why I'm asking. So if I ever come yeah. across something similar, I have to ping you to say, hey, I think this, this, this commit point is lagging behind and maybe we need to PR it to the latest. Right. I think maybe we could have Adabot pull that forward and submit an automatic PR, but it's not that much work. Uh, it well, should and be also, done. Like you said, there's reasons not to. It's very similar to yeah. automatically creating a new version of libraries that have commits ahead of releases. Right. You don't necessarily want to do that. Right. And I don't, it's not the latest version of the library. It's the latest tagged version of the library. It's the latest release of the library. Right. So, yeah. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I just I was just curious sure. what the actual mechanism there was for doing that. It was kind of a manual and a PR process. Right. Um, and then the second one is just a real quick general question. I was noticing this. Um, this is probably already being discussed in the works as of whether or not there's going to be kind of a um, a button or something to click on the CircuitPython.org web page for the library bundles, as similar to how there is for the actual firmware UF2s. Yes. Good. It's it's being discussed. Um would like it to be where you have download forex and you you go get the forex bundle all right there uh and right. same for what it was stable and latest um want that available i've been discussing it probably in the works okay okay that's i just was pretty sure it was being discussed in the works because I think that was another forum thing where someone was having some bundle confusion. I was like, oh, wait, the answer is a lot better now because we have a web page. I went and looked, but the web page just kind of points back to the old bundle repo release or something like that. So it was still kind of the old method of doing it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know all the details, but I know it's on our radar. Cool. Okay. That's all I got. All right. Excellent. Um, next up, uh, Bill. So yeah, so I, I have, um, I mentioned this earlier, but I think this isn't in the weeds thing. So when we did the, um, the XAC codes, all those, all those different uh, approaches to getting input into the Xbox adaptive controller, uh, John Park did a lot of the analog, a lot of the, the straight jacks in the back, and I did uh, work on the USBs. There were a set of issues with the Xbox adaptive controller a USB host functionality. Basically, it has to be ridiculously um, specific to work. It can't be a composite HID descriptor, so it can't have a keyboard and a mouse and other things in there. It has to have exactly one joystick and eight buttons, not two joysticks and 16 buttons. And the range has to be between zero and 65,000, not between anything else. We, we usually do negative 127 to 127. So I made these changes 
and I got it to work on a, a fork of not a true fork. I just grabbed a copy of four O alpha one, whatever we were on at that point. I made those changes. I worked with Dan on it. We got it to work. And then I fed back to Microsoft the issues of, look, you need to be able to be here. Here are the issues we're seeing. And unfortunately, recently I got back from them. Yes, we love this. Thank you for the feedback. It's going to be a while before, meaning months, before we can get an updated firmware out. So um, I would like to be able to support people using the XAC. There's a lot of momentum on it. We've got a conference at the, in, uh, in April. There's a lot of things I would like to be able to do with this. And I think it, you know, if you watch some of these videos with these kids, there's a lot going on here that we want to be able to support, certainly with CircuitPython. So my question really is, what's a way to be able to support this as a peripheral that is different than a standard gamepad um, in CP? Is it, let's make a fork and keep it up to date and have a process for, uh, for, for you know, keeping it up to date with 4.0 as it goes forward? Is it, let's have a build flag that we can put on it? Is it... You know, is there something we can put in a pi dot a boot dot pi that lets us switch between the different descriptors? I'm kind of open to any of those because I know this is a hack and we don't really want to code to the bugs and and you know support them doing something non-standard. <laughs> Sounds right. like Microsoft, old school Microsoft. But um, I just would like the the feedback from the group on on how you'd like to handle something like this. I mean, to me, it sounds like for the fact that it is in theory a temporary. And a fork might be the best option, and maybe. Yes, yeah, so, and I talked to, uh, I chatted with uh, Bill about this last night, and I meant to bring it up in our internal, but I forgot. So, um, so I put in a query to a more. So I think in the very short run, we can just make some kind of compile option or just a fork. Okay. Um, and uh, Bill can help me test it. In the long run, we do want to have dynamic USB uh, descriptors. And I don't know whether that's 4X or 5. Um, we have to sort of figure out what our priorities are. But sort of, I think it's, it's not going to necessarily solve Bill's problem for in the next two weeks, uh, other than to hack something up so he can show something. But this is an example of, yes, we want it to behave. We want CircuitPython to behave as an unusual HID, unusual and specific HID device. And we it's nice to be able to provide some mechanism for doing that. And yeah, so just, be, just so you yeah. don't um, make something too specific for me. Um, yeah. As far as my demonstration, um, I can use the, the, I can use the build that I have. I have UF2s that I can use on mine. Ah, okay. Um, they work fine. That's, that's not the issue. The problem is that if I'm going to write up a guide or refer people to here's how you do it, Right. I can say here's my UF2 from version, you know, alpha one, 40 alpha one, or any version you tell me to, to, to split it off from. And that will work. Um, I'm going to have to make one for every, you know, for every type of hardware they're going to want to work with. Um, and and it's, it's hard for me to give a, a guide, especially if it's going to be on the Adafruit. If I make an Adafruit guide, it, it's, you know, it's going to be here's a special version of circuit. Python. Do we want to do that? That's, that's a fine answer to me. I just, we, I want the group's answer, not mine, right? We have done that. Yeah. Um, even for our own hardware. Um, so it's not out of the question. Um, and especially 
if it it's I mean it sounds like it's legitimately a temporary solution as it sounds like legitimately Microsoft will eventually come through. Yeah, I think that one one of two things will happen. They will they will update their firmware to be more standard. Uh, and I think it's an and, not an or. And we will add the ability to change the USB descriptor at runtime. Right? Um, does that sound right, Dan? At some point? Yes. Yes. I mean, we definitely want the latter feature for a lot of reasons. And uh, if you want to. We, we like we shipped um, Neo Trellis with a, with an unusual UF two, and uh, um, um, we can continue to do that. I could help you to bring the the current like really old one up to date if you want. Like I could right. do some merging or something like that. So I can probably just do it. I can probably just do a diff and a patch. It's not that much code. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty. It's and it's not in. The code that it uses has not been changed, um, so I think it's probably well, you can probably just bring it up to date. Yeah, and I would say like yes, it's there's already even an already announced an an announced an open issue I think for um, uh, for the MIDI. Yeah, right for MIDI, right, and turning things on and off too. And for instance, some other people have wanted boot keyboard. Right now, the keyboard is part of a composite adapter. That means it doesn't work uh, when you're talking to a host computer that's booting because uh, BIOSes expect a simpler uh, definition and stuff like that. So, I, all right, we'll do that now. And I'm actually chatting on the side with uh, a little more about this too in text. So, so I so would say. Sorry, yes, that would go to boot.py, right? Before the USB is initialized. Right, that's where we have to do it if we want to make it dynamic. Yeah, exactly. But Scott has thought about this for a while now, that it's something that he would like to do. Um, so. so I can offer um, I can offer as much testing on this stuff as you want, um, you know, as you get I'm happy to test whatever solutions you guys want to try. Um, I'm yeah. also, you know, happy to to fork this temporarily or to, you know, to to do whatever you guys, um, whatever you guys want. Okay. Right. I would say just I would say bring it, make a fork for yourself, yeah. bring it up to date, um, and just build it. And we can point to your to a build of your fork. We can okay. we can upload UF2s in the learn guide that people just download from there. It doesn't have to be off site. It can be part of the learn guide okay. for now. That's fine. I think that's really fine. And anybody who's going to use it will use that and then eventually we can update the learn guide. That I think that's the way to do it. Okay. I'm good with All that. Right. Okay, good. Excellent. Um does anyone else have a topic? I saw. All right, um, TG Techie, do you have uh, audio? Uh, yes, I All do. Right. But there are other people. So nice. if they're too loud, don't mind. Jane, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, sorry. Um, <clears throat> so I've been fiddling around uh, with the same old stuff, but I ran into very odd thing. I'm referencing the same variable from two places, and I'm getting not only different memory addresses, but different IDs. Um, and 
it doesn't seem how it should be. Um, and it's only when I'm calling, I'm sorry, I'm referencing a variable from inside of a function um, and from outside of a function, and I'm not getting the same variable ID. Oh, okay. And I, I can go into more depth, but I was told that uh, long living can sometimes do that if it was done before the fix. We, we want to make sure that it's not just a Python language thing. That there are yeah. scopes of, as as Carter is mentioning in the chat. Yeah. So if you if you want to post this in like in the forum or something or put it up on. Discord, we can look at your code and uh, see what the issue is, sure. and or or post it as an issue, and we'll you know we'll close it. If not if it's a language thing. Yeah, um, I can do a issue. That's fine with me. Yeah, if you think it's not a language thing, then go ahead and make an issue. That's that's the best way to do. It. Yeah, because then we'll have a reproducible case. If it's if it's um... um thank you sure excellent well, um this has been the circuit Python week march twenty fifth thousand nine I want to thank anticipated in part of this. This meeting held on Discord, afru.it board. Um, and if you want to chat with us, uh, we are there all week, um, not just during. So feel free to um, Python channel for assistance, help with Python um, And we are uh, all week now. So thank you again to everyone. Out. Um, we really appreciate everything you today. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>